Hey podcast, what's going on? I've got a great video for you today, myself and my business partner in the US, Khaled El-Masri. We spoke on uh, his YouTube uh, podcast the other day. We had a great chat for over an hour and we had a really big, brutally honest talk about the future of the fitness business industry and where it's going in 2020 and beyond. So we cover a load of things from organic marketing to Facebook advertising to different sources of advertising. Uh, we talk even about mindset. We talk about why so many more gyms are going to be up for sale and why you've really got to start stepping up as a business owner to survive the next 10 years in business. It's a deep, deep dive, uh, really eye-opening, thought-provoking stuff. Check it out. Take a listen. And if you want to shoot me a message or any feedback, I would love to engage with you. Shoot me a message to my private cell on WhatsApp. And my number is 00357-9680-6626. Send me a message. I look forward to hearing from you very soon. Good, good morning. It is uh, Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday morning here in Texas. So welcome to a special edition of Rise Up the Show. I got today, um, I got my good friend and business partner, Mr. Justin Devonshire. Justin, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very good. Coming to the end of my day, and it's early morning for you, right? Yeah, it always throws me off when we get on a call. It's the end of your day and the start of my day. So I always get thrown off with <laughs> the time difference. What's uh? What's going on today, man? Like, I know you got you got some calls. You were on some mentorship calls. How's your day looking so far today? Yeah, we had our um, FBB mentoring calls today from from eight a.m. this morning up until about three p.m. nonstop back to back. So uh, it's a busy day, but I love it. I get fired up. It gets me all the energy, and uh, just good to see all our guys just absolutely crushing it, um, putting it putting time in to get an education and, and learn all the right stuff and uh their businesses are all flourishing they're heading into six figures some going to high six seven figures and it's just st steady consistent growth so i'm happy that's I what it, I, love to see. I love it i love it i definitely will definitely talk more about the mentorship and what, what all that entails i want to get in some rapid fire questions man i want to i want to get the audience to get to know justin a little Let's bit go. more um so where did you grow up i grew up in the uk that's where I'm from originally. I moved over to the island of Cyprus uh, nine years ago. And is that where? And that's where you currently live. Yeah, that's where I live right now. Yeah. You live in a you live in paradise, man. I see the pictures. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got to get out of Texas and get to Cyprus. <laughs> yeah. It's still a good day right now. Just been out for a quick walk. It's it's looking good. What have you noticed moving from the UK to Cyprus? Like, have you noticed a difference in like yourself, like getting out of the big city and moving into more of a paradise island type atmosphere or environment uh yeah the biggest thing i've realized i definitely like living in the quieter areas uh you get a lot more space to think i go into cities all the time for work business trips i was in you know, dubai last month last week and i was in miami last month and then and i find i can stick those cities for four or five days and I, then i get a bit claustrophobic and i've got to get out <laughs> what really struck me about the lifestyle here though is that it makes me more productive that's because it. I wake up in the morning and then the sun's out and you just want to get all your important stuff done so you can just get out and enjoy the sunshine and, and, and have a good lifestyle. Oh, I love it. I, lo I can't wait to get out there. Uh, what's one of your favorite quotes? Quotes. Uh, dream as if you live to 
dream as if you live forever, live as if you'll die today. Who said that one? That was that's a good dream one. Theme. Okay, okay. Uh, what's one of your uh, what's one of your superpowers? Uh, strategic thinking. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that's answering rapid fire questions. <laughs> <laughs> what is one of your favorite accomplishments so far? Uh, one of my favorite accomplishments. Um, I think it's it's being able not just to build a fitness business, but also going through the process of selling a business uh, a couple of times. Um, building, a, you know, my first outsourced facility was in 2015. It was about this date, 2015, according to my Facebook memories this morning. We opened up the facility. It was my first time opening a, a, a 4,000 square foot facility that I had no technical involvement in. I was, you know, I hired trainers, hired staff, and that was pretty nail biting, but cool yeah. to see that take off and everyone loved it. And then to sell my part of that business uh, a couple of years later. So to build a company, have it run and then sell it without me being a trainer was very uh, enlightening for me. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely come back to that as far as like lessons that you took from that. Um, what's one of your favorite books or a couple of your favorite books? In business or anything? In general, yeah. Um, oh, there's so many. Um, uh, I really am a big fan of the Conversations with God series for personal development. You know, it's not about religion. It's it's really about uh, a more universal sense of God by Neil Donald Walsh. So that's that was a profound book, um, game changer for me with mindset uh, in terms of business. Uh, so many. The E-Myth is definitely profound and probably the four-hour work week. I haven't read that one yet. I read the E-Myth. Oh. Oh, you got to get to that, man. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm wrapping up. Uh, you mentioned you recommended reading uh, the Phil Knight book, Shoe Dogs. I've been, I've been, I've been finishing that one. So I'll definitely add uh, the four hour work week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's got me thinking now, actually. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I'm reading right now the new, the brand new one from Howard Schultz, former CEO of Starbucks. Yep. That's called From the Ground Up. Okay. Um, that's his whole start of, you know, growing, opening Starbucks, growing it turning it around, all that stuff. That's a major one. And another good one by uh, Ben Horowitz is The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I love those books that just give you real from like, you know, people that have like nine, 10 figure companies that tell you real, like it's fucking hard work and it's, it's <laughs> everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Uh, and it's not just, you know, you know, push buttons and make money from a funnel kind of stuff. Well, I want to, so I want to, I want to dive into this cause I think this is, and let's kind of kick it off with the, those, those books you recommend. Cause I think for me, like what I, you know, in the last month, you know, I've been talking about what I was going through in those books, you recommended those books to for me and the shoe, shoe dog book, man, that book's been amazing to understand that story with Nike and how Nike came about and all the all the challenges that you realize, like it is freaking hard work, man. Like it is not hard. It's not easy opening a business, any business, whether it's Nike or a gym. And I think we, there's this misconception that I can write, create a funnel, turn on a Facebook ad, and all of a sudden I'm going to get a wave of leads coming in. And I, and 
talk can, can we talk about that a little bit because I know you're 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 not against leads but you're always preaching going the other way going yeah. organic um, what's your philosophy on that I think uh, the, the biggest the biggest difference here right is that is what, what no one's talking about is there's a big difference between a lifestyle business and a performance business and like those don't know a lifestyle business is something that you'll have you and maybe two or three assistants and you make a nice 20, 30 K a month. Um, and that's cool. And you can work three hours a day and you can have a simple funnel that works and you serve a, a few clients and, that, and that's perfect. On the other hand, if you have aspirations to build a performance company, which is something that generally has more than 50 employees, has huge scale potential, um, doesn't mean you'll take it public, but you know, that could be on the cards in 10 years. But you have a, a bigger vision and a bigger goal to create something huge. It's a whole. It's a whole. It's difference between amateur amateur soccer league and, and and professional football. You know, and that's what's not being talked about. We see these guys with eight nine figure businesses. We hear about Nike and you know these guys, and we think that, we think that we got they got there from like having the right Facebook ad and the right mm -hmm. click funnel, and. Um, these guys build companies before Facebook ads and click funnels. And, and, and so a lot of fit pros are mistaken because most of the people teaching the fit pros have never built anything more than a lifestyle business. They've never built anything more than, than generating, you know, 10, 20 K a month. Most of them, most of the fit pro marketers, a lot of them, unfortunately it's, it's fit pros who scale their own gym to 10 K a month using Facebook ads couldn't get it past that point because now it takes real business business knowledge to keep actually scaling the company. And they, they decided they couldn't take the hard path of learning that. And so they kind of go sideways and start teaching fit pros where they got to. Mm. Mm. And there's a massive um, gap in the market and, and a huge lack of awareness of what actually, okay, you, you put your Facebook ads in, you put your funnel in, you get your six week challenge done, cool. What happens then? What happens when you've got 200 clients? And you need to employ people. You need to pay more taxes. You need to systemize. You need to uh, reinvest for the future. You have to manage your finances. You have to lead a team. You have to be. You have to do all these things. No one's talking about that. Why? Why? Why is that? Like why? You know. And you bring because up most point, people right? teaching it haven't actually done it. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> and a lot of the ones that have done it are too busy running 50, 60, 70, 100 gyms to have time to do a live webinar you know, every, every other day, uh, and, and send fun and, and do funnels going to it. So, um, and, and, and you know, and, and a lot of people that, that, that grow companies aren't oft, often aware of exactly why it works or, or they think that people don't want to learn that bit because what the market are always asking is how do I get leads? How do I get leads? How do I do Facebook? And so a lot of people I think will, will think, well, that's what the guys want to learn. That's what I'll talk about. But as we know, it's like that's getting leads isn't always the problem. Absolutely, and I think we've, I think you've realized that, and I've realized that in our years of coaching that most gym owners don't have a leads problem. They have either a sales problem or a follow up problem or a lack of systems problems. And so, getting you more leads isn't going to help you when you have all those other things not in place. The business is still going to churn out clients because you can't keep them. So what happens like for you when you're when you're working with your coaching clients, you know, there's this space, right? There's that two to five K gym owner. There's that. And then there's the 10 K plus. What's the, what are you noticing? What's the gap between that two to five K and that 10 K? 
because there's different problems and or different challenges in both those uh, income earnings. Um, yeah. What do you notice? What do you notice the biggest differences? Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty clear. You know, after like the thousands of mentoring sessions I've done now, it's if you're at zero to five k a month, you haven't. Okay, let's let's talk about from the positive side. So, getting to five k a month is simply a matter of you identifying a target audience, putting a somewhat decent offer together, uh, and then getting getting a somewhat flow of leads. Okay, so, it's positioning and marketing. That's that's pretty much it. If you do that, and that's why I don't generally work with pros before that point because I'm like, if you can't even sell what you do as a PT to, to, to 20 people, maybe you should think about being in this business first of all, you know? Uh, and so generally I like, I like the pros to go out and do that on their own, show that they've gone out there, they've, they've taken some initiative, sold some packages and, and they can do a, a somewhat solid three to 5K a month. The difference between the 5K a month and the 10K a month people, and this is for the people that, that are chronically at that point, like they can't seem to be, because really, if you get to 5K a month, you should get to 10 very quickly. You should have momentum. The guys that don't and they get stuck between 5 and 10 is usually a retention problem. Because oh. now they've they've got 5K a month from, from Facebook, leads, landing, and they're like blown away. And they think they think that they become obsessed with that and they forget the clients. And then they have a they have a two or three month churn rate. So it's just in and out the other out the other side, and the revenue never grows because they're not retaining clients, and they just want to push harder and more ads, more ads. Shall I scale my ads? How do I do more ads? Um, they try and get fancy with things, so they're 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 killing it with like a women's program, and then they always want to go. I want to run a men's program now, and I'm like, that's stupid because. Your women, your women are more are ninety percent more responsive to your adverts. Why would you put 50-50 of your ads budget? Yeah. You've got a winner, and they yeah. can't focus on that. They have to try and do everything then, or they say, "Oh, because because when ads start working for them, they then think all the things they can sell." So it's like, well, I'm going to make an ebook as well and run ads to that, and I'm going to do this and run ads to that. You know, and they'll get to that eight to ten k mark, mark. It'll never carry on. They're doing too many things. They lost their focus, which would have given them momentum. And then they either stay there, they either back down, or a lot of them, unfortunately, they they quit their gym, become Facebook ad coaches to other Fipros, <laughs> and they teach other Fipros to get in that same negative cycle. Yep, yeah. That's the main difference. And those at ten k stuck at ten to twenty k. It's they've got the leads down. They've they've got some focus. They've got retention. They're really good coaches with a solid lead generation system, but they're now burned out doing everything themselves. And they know it's time to, um, you know, manage it. Get a team in place. Get some help. But they can't do that because number one, they don't trust people and don't have leadership skills. Number two, they don't have systems in place that anyone could follow. So they've tried bringing people in and then didn't have a system. So those people didn't do the job properly yep. and they haven't got the finances in place or the profitability to actually budget to hire someone. And so they'd rather just keep taking the money themselves and they'll get stuck in that little lifestyle business, which again is fine. But if you want freedom, you want to be traveling the world. You want to be sat at home, having more time with your family. Freedom isn't free. It's going to cost you the money for systems, the money for people. And um, and you've got to have the knowledge and awareness of how to do it. And so 
that's when rubber meets the road and we say, right, do you want to learn this stuff? Because making more money is not going to help you solve this problem. It's going to make things worse. Yep. What got yep. you to low six figures will not get you to seven. It takes a whole new set of skills. So one of the things we talk about in FBB is cash flow, right? And it's one of the big, it's one of the biggest hurdles that not hurdles, but one of the biggest challenges that a gym owner has is understanding their cash flow and understanding how much to allocate, not from the top line, from the bottom line, and then taking like how do you so for you when you're coaching gym owners on cash flow, how what's the what's the breakdown look like for them? Yeah, cash flow is cash flow is king. Like say, no, um, cash flow is everything in your business. It's not about revenue. It's not about profit. It's about cash flow. And the truth is, ninety percent of small businesses are operating at zero percent profit. And um, and one thing we tell Fipros is the number one number you need to know is is operating cash flow or operating capital. How much money do you have in profit? Um, or the health of your business, the longevity of your business is really dependent on how long could the could the could the doors stay open? How long could you keep the lights on if no new money was coming in tomorrow? How many months of operating capital do you have in reserve in your profit account to to fund keeping your business open if no more revenue came in? That's the fundamental number. Most gyms are. They have not even the cash flow to, to in reserve for one month. So if it costs you 6K a month to run your business, to pay yourself, to cover all your taxes and break even, at six, if it's 6K a month, you should have at least 18 to 24K in the profit untouched as fast as you can. So that if the worst happened and you didn't get any new leads or, or you know damage happened to your gym or there's a flood or a family emergency, we all get hit by these things. If there's no money in the pot to then keep covering the expenses, then either either you don't get paid or you have to let a team member go or you have to stop your advertising or you have to downsize your lease or you have to not pay your taxes. None of those things are a good idea generally. Yeah. No. So that's that's the, that's the end. That's the goal when it comes to finances is operating cash flow. Can you get three at least three to six months worth of operating expenses in the bank, in profit, after you've paid yourself something, um, so you can keep the lights on for three to six months if you hit a bad month, and you will hit a bad month at some point. So how that breaks down is we need then to put basically profit first. We need to make sure that all the main budgets are being covered, because the way FitPros do it is when, when you work as a solopreneur, you treat it like a job. So it's like money comes in, money goes out. You make $100 and a FitPro spends $100. The problem is, you know, $20 of that $100 actually belongs to the federal government and they frown upon it if you've spent their money. You know, so I've heard from people I know, right? <laughs> but, um, so, so you've got to realize when the money comes in, it's not your money to go and buy and put a lease on, on a sports car you think you can afford. It's about, it's, it's got to cover, you know, the operating costs of the business. You might have payroll to cover, including your own. You're going to have to put some of that money aside for tax purposes, uh, and and then put and then the, and then put some money aside for profit too. So um, there's different ways to measure this, but as as a, as a broad broad guideline for beginners to this, I would you know try and follow um, 
you know, generally we, we want about, you know, um, maybe 40, 50% of the income that comes in, you might want to allocate for your own income, your own take home salary. Uh, and then the, the other, the other 40, 50% of the revenue should be able to cover your costs, your lease, your marketing, uh, put some money aside for taxes, depending on whichever tax bracket or state you're in. And then also have have at least you know ten dollars of every hundred should go into a profit pot or account that you don't touch, and that's the company profit. You've got your forty bucks. There should be ten dollars going to profit, maybe ten dollars going towards tax, and twenty thirty bucks for every hundred should be covering your operating expenses. If you can't cover your operating expenses with less than fifty percent of that money then probably your business is spending too much and not earning enough for what it's spending. So there's a couple things we can look at there, right? Like you can look at operations and the cost of running the business. The other piece we can look at is, and this is a big one, is a lot of gym owners don't pay themselves, right? They want to, they put them, they never take an income. And so they're never, so they're putting all this time, energy and effort into the business and never taking an income out of the business. So they're not making money. So in theory, they, they're just, it's just, they're trained, they're working for free. And so the mindset behind that, like, where does that, where did that, why is that mindset there? And what do you do to coach people out of that mindset? It's, um, it's, 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 well, I say a lot of fit pros, you know, they, they're what they are, they are paying themselves something, but they're, but they're paying themselves out of the, the company's profits. Okay. And so they're getting paid something, but the company's making no money. Okay. So the company is is dry as anything, um, because they're treating it like a job. And, and and where this mentality comes from is is because they they you know we're conditioned to be solopreneurs. We're conditioned from the minute we get our certification that you are the value and you trade time for money. And this is a job. You're self-employed, and being self-employed means you're employed. You're an employee. It's just your boss is an idiot, right? <laughs> so you stopped working in a gym for an asshole and started working for an idiot, which is yourself, right? And so that's just the mentality. We don't, we never, the penny doesn't drop for most people that this is actually a business we're running, even though I'm the, I'm the first and sole employee. And I always say, if, if you're not treating yourself like an employee in the business, then you're not treating your business like a business. Mm. And, and this is where you have to start thinking at some at some time, you know, I'm the employee at sometimes I'm the trainer. Sometimes I've got to be the manager and sometimes I've got to be the director or entrepreneur. Uh, and most of us just spend our time on the technical stuff because it takes the most physical energy. We wake up, we serve our clients, do coaching, do sessions, and then we don't make time afterwards to do managerial stuff, which is like tracking the numbers and then we don't we don't make any time for entrepreneurial stuff, which is then having a bigger vision, going out there, making content, um, selling to new people. And because FitPros spend four, five, six hours a day just on the coaching, the technical side, they haven't got the energy at the end of the day usually to do the other stuff. So there's a lot of myriad of factors and and, and things to break down with a business owner. But the first mindset shift has to be: Do you want to? to work for your be self-employed and be a solopreneur and take home take home 70 percent of the revenue as income any profit is yours there's nothing else to pay for cool or are you going to choose to be a business owner that is one day going to have an you know employees 
uh, or, or contractors work for you and have more responsibilities um, and after hire a manager so you can scale up into a bigger business and, and have more perks to freedom. And that's where we go back to, do you want a lifestyle business or do you want to start growing a real performance business? Yeah. Lifestyle takes 90 days and you're, you're making 20K a month and you're good. But if you stop working, you stop earning. You want a, a build towards a performance business, multiple locations, high six, seven figures, great. But that's gonna take you five years plus and, you, and it's gonna be a lot more expensive. I think, but yeah, I mean, to that point, but when you're playing a performance business, you're, you're playing the long term, right? You're playing the long game, meaning, yeah, it's gonna take me four, five, six years, but at the end of those five, six years, I'm gonna have maybe multiple gyms like James is doing right now. And, and I know James is getting ready to open up his third, I think third gym or third facility. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the bit, and you mentioned numbers, man, I think the biggest thing and the biggest, um, it, you know, the biggest setback is most gym owners, most trainers don't look at their numbers. They don't understand their numbers. And so for them, they'll, they don't know what's going on with the business because they're, they're avoiding the one thing, the data that tells you the story of what is actually happening with your business. And then, and I get this all the time. Well, what are your numbers? What are you playing per lead? Because they you... don't care because they're, they're, they're treating it like a job. When you work for a paycheck and to someone, you don't care what the business's numbers are, that what it costs you to, to get your, you're like, give me my paycheck. I, I got yeah. rent to pay. Yep. They don't want to know because they're not, they're not trying to grow a business. Until you actually plant the seed and say, do you want to grow a business or do you want to keep just getting busy? That's probably the first time for a lot of them that that new awareness comes in. They've actually thought about it for longer than, and, you know, someone who has a, an employee mentality only thinks 30 days ahead. Yeah. Because they're like, I need, can, I cover my, can I cover my rent this month? When you say, where do you want to be in a year from now? Do you just want to be busier? And they'll say, no, 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 I'd like my own gym. I'd like to have multiple locations. I want more freedom. It's like, great. So what are we doing to get there? Huh? <laughs> and, then the, and, and the other thing about it as well is being a solopreneur is driven by ego. And the entrepreneur is driven by impact. And, you know, it's, it's about getting versus giving. And I think a lot of us have to go through this period. You know, I've been through it. James has been through it. Um. I've, you know, I've helped like guide James as his mentor, as well as business partner. It's, I know this is coming, right? When we start, I mean, it's, 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 it's entertaining, right? When we're personal trainers, um, we're these fitness guys, we're making 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, a hundred bucks an hour compared to what else we've usually experienced in life from our parents <laughs> and friends. We're doing okay. Yeah. It's like I got I got eight k a month. Like I'm I'm Dwayne Johnson right now, right? We, so we think, right? We think that's real money, yeah. and we love the perks. And our ego, I think, likes that reward for what we've done. And and it, you know, and you should enjoy it. You've you've got a certification. You've become really good at what you do. You're you're transforming lives. Yep. You're busting your ass. It's like you know, make the ten k a month. Go and enjoy it. Um, to you know, revel in it. I think you have to at some point, but you'll eventually get to the point where it's like, okay, the watches and the sports cars, and it's like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm bored of that now. It you it's you've put it through your system, yeah. And you come out the yeah. other side, and you're like, yeah, but and it comes to a point when you earn more than 
you know, six to 10K a month personal income, you'll probably set, never set another financial goal for yourself ever again. Um, you know, and you start thinking about, okay, I've got mine. Now you start thinking about giving and you're like, right, I am abundant. So how can I think bigger? How can I give back? And then when, when your mindset starts shifting towards the bigger vision of what you can give to people, the only way you're going to go and open three, four, five, ten locations is you've got to be inspired to do it. You can't be pushed to like, you know, to, to, to make money, to pay your bills. That doesn't, that doesn't force you to open 10 locations. That forces you just to, to hustle into the ground. Mm-hmm. To think bigger, you've got to come from a place of abundance to begin with. And you've got to be playing a bigger game. So you have to get that ego stuff out of your system first, I think, a lot of the time. Um, you know, and, 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 for, and a lot of trainers, guys, guys like James, who, you know, are still pretty young doing this, like 24, 25, 26. It's a lot to take in sometimes, you know, that they're making this amazing money so quickly. And, uh, and, you know, it's, they think they want, they want, they want uh, a Lamborghini and they want, you know, uh, to buy a, a six bedroom villa and they want to buy this and buy a private jet. And then, you know, and then after like a little bit of living, uh, splashing out on stuff, they they realize, okay, this isn't actually fulfilling at all. And then you start, and then you, st- and like, like James now, you know, he went up and bought a Rolex and he was like, should I buy it or not? And I, you know, I knew like, <laughs> it's a bad fucking idea. But, but if I say that, you're just like the grandparent who says, you yep. should probably eat your vegetables. Yep. You're not going to learn from words. You're going to learn from experience. So, you know, he went out there, he, you know, got, got the watch and everything, enjoyed it, feels good with it, and, and so they should. But then the other day, he's like, you know what, I'm thinking of trade selling this, getting some money, and then running some more Facebook ads with it, or paying another, I can pay another team member, or, you know, and you start to think, when you start to see the investment in the business, yeah, you start to see, like, I'm wasting so much money on crap in my life yep. that makes me feel good for two minutes when I could just live more frugally and I could rather, I'd rather put that money, I'd rather pay $40,000 a year into helping a trainer have a career with me, you know? Cool. And so there's a, there's a huge mindset shift on so many levels, but there's a few conversation starters. <laughs> well, and I think, and, and you, you make a really good point, is that solopreneur to entrepreneur. And I think it's that, it's, it's that transition that, you know, a lot, a lot of, and I, this is something I had a hard time with is shifting from that solopreneur to that entrepreneur. I needed to stop doing everything myself because I was my own bottleneck hitting my own ceiling and I couldn't see past it uh, because I, I was, I was always here and no one was telling me when no one was helping me get to that next level. And so that transition was a lot of less, and it's probably similar for you as you transitioned into, you know, training and opening up your gym and figuring out, okay, at some point I need to hire help. What was that tipping point for you? Like, when did you realize, okay, I cannot, I no longer can be the solopreneur. I need to become the entrepreneur. It usually happens when, um, cause again, a solopreneur has a job, an entrepreneur has a system. And so the solopreneur you're run by the ego, as long as you keep thinking that you are the value when you start to finally realize, no, my system, my workout program is the value. It's my workout program that's changing the lives, whether I do it or someone else does it. And after enough testimonials and happy clients, you'll start to click. 
uh, and you start, no, it's a way I'm doing things is really, and as soon as you latch on to that, um, then your focus turns to giving because then you're like, wow. So if it's the system that's really getting the value, then instead of helping 50 people, this could help 500 or 5,000 or 5 million. And then you start to realize, A, that's where the mega bucks are, and, and also B, that's going to make a way bigger impact. But of course, you can't, that over logics your brain. It's like it, it overpowers the ego of like, well, of course, you can't do that on your own. But it becomes fulfilling and it becomes inspiring then because you're like, wow, it's my workout system. It's the, you know, it's our gym's um, pattern of doing things. So if I can leverage, create leverage, and that's where scalable wealth comes from, it's leveraging the system. You can't you only leverage your time to 10 hours a day, but leveraging a system. I can leverage my workout system by maybe putting it online in some format and having it delivered digitally. Uh, or I can I can leverage it by having training other people to deliver it for me. That's pretty much your options. Uh, and, and so it really becomes about that. When you realize it's the system and it's not you, then you're able to, and, and your ego gets out of the way. All that's left, I think, is pure inspiration. I think the inspiration is our default. Yep. We want to go out there and help the world. It's the ego that's been learned and drummed into us. Like I said, in our certification courses, you're conditioned. You are a personal trainer. You are the value. You can charge $50 an hour. No one tells you you're going to create a workout program that can be leveraged and sold by other people. And so no, no. when the ego mean, goes, that's when you make the shift pretty quickly, I think. No, I 100% agree. And I think it it becomes and I, I think and I, there's a take home message here for watching listening is the value is not is not placed on you it's placed on the results and the experience your program creates and i think that's a big big take home message is because so many trainers think the values put on them where i'm not val i don't know my value i don't know my worth well you're you're there is no value on you as a human your values based on your program that becomes that sales mindset shift that says, yes, my program's worth a thousand dollars because my program gets these kinds of results, not you're worth a thousand dollars. And I think that become that was the big shift for me. And maybe it was for you when I started putting together the program, the program became the value, not me call it as the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also the results and also then the, the community experience that yep. you create there as well, the culture there that which you realize is not down to you being a party animal is a culture there because the clients start self-generating the culture and you start going hey these guys love it they're making friends having a great time whether i'm they're making connections outside the studio so it doesn't really depend if i'm there or not there's something else at play here if someone just facilitates this experience and culture i can take a step back or a step up in the company and work on other things when did that for you, when you made that transition from trainer, and I know we didn't get into your story, so I want to get into it a little bit, is, you know, you went from, did you always up run the gym or did you make that transition of no. I was a trainer? And well, then me, you know, I didn't learn the easy way, like through people telling. I learned the hard way through experience. So I built my first studio up. I learned all the Facebook ads, learned all the sales closing, the funnels, blah, blah, blah. Took it to like, you know, 8,000 a month, um, 
working my ass off from 6 a.m. in the morning till 9 p.m. most nights, um, going home and then falling asleep and then having dreams about work and then waking up and working <laughs> some more um, until I got a phone call one day from my parents back in the UK that my mother had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. And so it was like, well, okay, I have to you know, refund everyone's sessions this month, hop on a plane. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know what the plan is. I wasn't really thinking about that. Get home to be with my family, you know, and, um, and, and fortunately, my, my mother recovered. She went into surgery and everything was okay. But it took her about nine, 10 months to get back to health. And I stayed in the UK with her then because my, my stepdad had to go back to work. Um, and it was in that time where I really started realizing that I never had a business. It was just a job that fell apart the minute I couldn't be there. And so what governs our actions is our beliefs. And uh, and what governs our beliefs is, is, um, is uh, quick traumatic experiences. So for me, before that time, I was doing everything myself because I was afraid of depending on anybody else. But literally a month later in the UK, when I reflected, now I, I, I realized eventually I wanted to go back to Cyprus and start over again. But I would no longer, now my fear was everything depending on me. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, like, it's like if someone rides motorbikes and they're obsessed with motorbikes all their life, then they have one collision crash. They wake up in hospital four hours later and they say, I'm never touching a bike ever again. Yeah. Yep. So your belief change because of a traumatic experience tells your brain, no, you don't think that way anymore. And so I never, because of that experience, I didn't have to like will myself to like hire someone. When I, nine months later, when I came back into it, it was like, I'm building this the right way. And I'm now scared of it depending on me. Mm. So outsourcing became a relief to me. It's just neurochemistry, right? It's, it's my brain is rewired. Um, and so I, 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 in that downtime, I really started, I stopped learning from like marketing gurus and funnel people. I learned what I need to learn from them. Now I was like, I need now, I now need to learn how to grow a real business that runs without me. And there's no guys here teaching that. So I started learning about Starbucks, the book, you know, McDonald's, Richard Branson. Um, I would learn all real entrepreneurs. And I, and this was like blowing my mind then. It's like they don't even know what their funnels are. This is real business stuff of how they can make like a Starbucks experience. Um, one of the first books I read was the Starbucks Experience, fantastic book about how every Starbucks can scale to thousands of locations, but each one keep its own unique identity. Yeah. Um, and so and follow the same system. That's where the e-myth yep. and also the four-hour work we come in very handy on that too. And um so I studied all these books. I, I then started rebuilding all my systems. I was like, right, how do I answer the phone? How do I do my sessions? What is my system? What is my recipe? I put it all, I, I basically built my operations manual in my downtime in the UK. And when I eventually came back to, to Cyprus and started over, I had the operations manual from day one. And I, and I then I went and found another trainer to work with and said, look, how about you work with me in my business and I'll work on the business. And that's where eventually did. We grew the studio back together. We went in as like um, business partners, owners, like part owners each. Um, and then eventually, you know, I then sold the, the, the rest of the studio back to him. And I went on, went on to other things then. So. When in, in, in the readings, right, in reading about McDonald's, Starbucks, Richard Branson, 
Um, was there is there a common theme across those books when it came to start? Like, were there common takeaways that you were getting from each one? Um, though you know, all completely different businesses, but was there something that aligned them all together? You walk, you're like, wow, like three different businesses, but they're all doing this thing. What what did you realize in in reading those books? Yeah, the, the three common things, it's it's structure, culture, and adversity. So it's like structure. You've got to have a system or a recipe. You don't need to go to, go, you can go to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and you get a, a steak following Gordon Ramsay's steak uh, recipe. You don't expect Gordon Ramsay to be in the kitchen cooking it for you. It's how he has chefs. It's how Tony Robbins has Tony Robbins coaches, right? They're just following the system. Um, so you've got to have the structure, the system in place. If you haven't got that, well, you can't scale anything. Um, secondly, then it's about the culture, which is the really important thing because anyone can have a checklist to do something. But if if the the, the team you you train don't buy into the culture and the core values and the beliefs and the energy of your business, they might be able to technically do it like a robot, but the that that energy and community isn't going to be there anymore. So you've got to have people that are bought into the culture as well of what you do, right? Uh, and then the third, the third thing is is, is adversity. So um, that's that's the fact that if you're planning on scaling multiple locations, shit is going to go wrong for you. <laughs> you're going if you want, and this is what Richard Branson teaches, and, and, and Howard Schultz and all the rest of them. It's like, and and um, Phil Knight from Shoe Dog, as you've read, yeah. it's like if you want the rewards. Or to, to be in the 0.001% of the population, you're going to take on the responsibilities that only 0.01% of the population dare to take on. Um, that's kind of like what, what Phil Knight says. Richard Branson says, your success is directly correlated to the amount of responsibility you're willing to accept. Yeah. And, and what Tim Ferriss for our work week says is, your success is directly correlated to the number of uncomfortable conversations uh, and uncomfortable actions you're willing to take. And they all say the same thing. It's like, look, if you want to grow this like seven, eight, nine figure empire, um, you're going to take on responsibilities and live a life very different to everyone else you know in your life. You're going to have to go the extra mile, stay up late, wake up early, do more work, provide more value, be the best. You're going to have to do 10x more, right? Not not more work time necessarily, but you're going to have to step up. And you're going to have to have the weight. Okay, you want 10 gyms. Fit pros love the idea. Okay, but do you realize with 10 gyms, you're probably going to have about 100K a month in just lease contracts on your, on your responsibility? <laughs> with payroll, everything else, you're looking at a quarter of a million dollars a month in overheads, and they haven't great. thought about that. Like I've got a, I've got a, I'm responsible for paying quarter of a million dollars a month to run a business. It's like, well, yeah, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't think about that, huh? Yeah. And then suddenly they're like, I don't know if I want that. I'm, I'm happy with this lifestyle business. And it's like, yeah, I thought so. So some people are just not willing. They don't have that tolerance level for responsibility and risk. And, and, I don't think we're born with it. I think you've got to go, the more adversity and failure you go through and you realize you're still alive and you can start back over and you can learn to do things better next time and you get back in the game, that's when I think you're, you're like, 
your tolerance level for risk and responsibility kind of goes up a notch. And you come back more emotionally resilient and emotionally stronger. And that's the game when you, when you, um, people think mindset is about thinking positive. It's no mindset is about going through the negative and still coming out the other side and learning from it and, um, and realizing in this game, you could lose it all at any time. And are you still willing to play? Yeah. That's what true That's entrepreneurs do. Yeah. And, and, and the wannabe, a lot of people, a lot of fit pros are realizing now that they were never really entrepreneurs to begin with. You know, they, they're, they're self-employed people that have, that have got into business at a lucky time where Facebook ads are dirt cheap and we've got tools and tech and software. We had 10 years ago, you'd have to pay 5K for a website yeah. and hustle your face off to get leads. Now you pay $39 for lead pages and $5 a day Facebook ads or people have done in the last five years. The next five years is different, we'll talk about that. But in this 10 year period, most fit pros, myself included, we stumbled into the best economy ever when my grandma could have built a fitness business with Facebook ads five years ago. It's not that fucking impressive. And we're realizing that now, right? We had a bit of a false positive going on for a while. And so a lot of pros now are realizing they aren't these badass six-figure entrepreneurs they think they are. They were just solopreneurs who got lucky. And now they realize to carry on this game, they have to manage finances and people and systems and adversity, structure, culture, adversity, things they don't want to go near. They're now a lot more and more realizing, I'm going to take a step back. And this isn't what I signed up for. And that's okay as well. It's it's totally okay. There's no judgment in that. It's just you don't have to be a killer entrepreneur, right? If that's not your thing, make 20k as a solid PT with a couple of assistants and and, and have a good life. Um, but if you want to succeed in, as a as a as a larger scale business, this next 10 years is not going to be anywhere as easy as the previous 10 years. We've had it so easy up till now. What? And I think this is a good segue because this is part of what we wanted to talk about. And I think somewhere in there, I want to I want to bring up culture because I think as we move into this new decade in these next ten years, I think culture, community are are going to become a huge, huge part of it. But now that we're coming into twenty twenty, what's what's the gym owner of Fit Pro of twenty twenty in the next ten years? What's going to be? What are you noticing that's going to be different as we get into this new year? So this is where, you know, for the first time in a while, I'm, I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. And I don't know, I could be wrong, but from my perspective, I've been telling everyone the last five years, you know, put money into Facebook, get the leads, um, get your systems dialed in so you retain those clients, manage your finances so you can separate profit from revenue and reinvest that profit to get help. So you can take a step back and work on, on and work on on the next level strategy stuff. And I've been telling people this, like, because these days are not going to last forever. Um, those those days are coming to an end. And um, as any market, any technology goes through the same cycle. There's innovation, there you know, which which kicks things off. Um, there's growth which we went through in 2010 to 2015. Then we started hitting saturation. Uh, and we were there two years ago, more areas than others. Then you hit regulation, kicks in. 
And this is now where, you know, um, let's say with Facebook, a technology like Facebook scales up, it gets saturated with advertisers. We get heavier regulation. Suddenly your ads are approved, accounts are disabled. It's harder to approve things because after saturation, regulation kicks in. After regulation becomes monopolization. Uh, and the same thing goes for your fitness business. So when more fit pros start saturating an area, first we have tighter regulations in law. We're seeing that in the UK right now with it's harder and harder to get planning permission on, on new properties. So if you want to keep getting warehouses and industrial facilities, which were easy five years ago, now we have a harder time getting the planning permission uh, and the licenses because so many fit pros have, have of um, refurbished these places and then gone out of business wow. and pissed off the landlords who have to convert it back now to put it back into being a warehouse and CrossFit and companies have given a, a bad reputation to that too. Um, so regulations are getting harder. Um, and But then finally monopolization happens and the fact is the window is closing. You need, you cannot be a PT who knows Facebook ads. That is not going to cut it anymore. And if you've built a six-figure business just by being a good PT who knows a bit of marketing, you are going to be so screwed the next five years because guys like, like me and the people we're mentoring who understand real business, they know how to acquire your business and buy it off you. And they know how to scale all around and build five gyms around you in the time it takes you to make one. And... Our as I've been telling my clients, our major our major strategy for growth over the next three to five years is acquisition is acquisition growth, which means we grow by buying out other people's gyms. Yep. Fit pros have put fifty k, a hundred k into these gyms that they can't afford to run. It was a bad move, right? And and now they're into a bad. And now we're, the economy is even shifting into a bad economy, um, and they're going to get pressured so much right now. Um, we're taking these gyms that 100K has been put into them and we're, we're taking them for 25 because yeah. we're buying a liability off. So they've got a gym, they've put money on, they can't make money out of it. They're doing 10, 15K a month with zero profit, not paying themselves. Um, and basically we're saying to these guys, hey, you know, how about you just work for us now? Be a, Do what you want to do. Be a trainer, be a manager, but you'll work for us. No responsibility of running, you know, of the business. No stress. No overheads. Just earn a solid two, three k a month. Work sensible hours. Go home. Be with your wife and kids. And and you, we put our logo on the door. And this, the assets belong to us now. And we'll manage the place. And you know what? Four out of five trainers are saying, "Thank you. This is a lifeline." And the ones that are struggling but don't see that are still caught up in ego and think they're going to make it work. And we're like, well, we'll come back around in six months' time and see how you're doing then. So my advice to anyone is, is you know, you obviously don't want to get into that situation, right? You want to you want to put your systems in, learn business, learn finance, learn leadership, get your your structure and culture in place right now. The window is closing, but it's still open a little bit. If you don't have a proper business system before long, you are not going to survive the next few years, to be honest. it's The market is maturing, and it's yep. becoming monopolized. And look at guys like Sam Bakhtiar, Travis Jones. These are the two guys that have my biggest respect because they saw this opportunity the last 10 years, and they, like, I've done okay, but those guys 
<laughs> went freaking 10x and, and oh, yeah. Sam Bakhtiar had, had three gyms um, seven years ago. When I st started working with Sam, he mentored me. He had three gyms. Now he's got a, a, over 100 in seven wow. years because he saw this and went bang into it, right? Yeah. Travis yeah. Jones, the same. He was almost homeless a month before I met him. Now he's doing like $10 million a year. Yeah. Those guys lock down the system. And, and now these guys are, get, are gonna get stronger and stronger in the next economy um, because they're gonna then like, so us, um, you know, Sam, me, Travis, guys like this, we're, we're most likely gonna end up just acquiring more and more PTs who are just desperate for help, can't afford mentoring anymore because they blew their money on stuff and didn't get the mentoring soon enough. We're going through a big shift. It's gonna be a big shift and, um, and uh, it's it's not the most positive messages I know, but I just think it's the truth. And if I don't, I don't think anyone else is talking about it. So I'm just gonna be honest with people and say, and this is my perspective. I could be wrong, but history tells me I don't think I am. No, and I think I think, and I wanted to bring this up because it, it is as we close that 2019 and start looking at 2020 and 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 beyond. I think no, there is no one talking about this. Everybody's still talking Facebook ads, content, all important stuff, but no one's really talking about, hey, here's what's coming based off what I've seen. And as, as we know, history repeats itself. And here's the raw truth. And I think I love the fact that you're willing to step into it and say, hey, here's, here's what you need to hear. And now be prepared. But here's some of the things we could do to make sure you're prepared, your business, your finances, your systems. Part of that is lead gen. And you've been hammering this thing for the last few months of, and for the last year, literally the last year is organic leads or stop relying on Facebook ads because the cost per lead, because now that we do have saturation, everybody's running the same ads or everyone's running the six week challenge. So now you're getting this cost per lead through the roof. Organic leads, where, what, what do you recommend? Where does somebody, like, how do I start? What's the best strategy to, you know, what are some set strategies to bring in organic leads? Yeah, so I've been saying, yeah, a long time. So I, I was fortunate, you know, before, but I started my bootcamp before Facebook ads. So I did all this stuff organically and I learned this stuff and it, and it took me, you know, a good way. Um, and now for pros who've entered the industry in the last five years, all they've known is Facebook ads. And so they're, they're like all snowflakes. They're too afraid to go and actually talk to a person. Like back in the day, if I didn't get, if I didn't get my first few clients in, I was going to be like evicted from my apartment um, and I'd have to fly back to the UK and live with my parents again, right? So I, I would literally, if I saw like a mom in a coffee shop with two kids, I'd go and start talking to her and be like, hey, do you go to a gym by any chance? And she's like, mate, you know, yeah, sometimes. And I'm like, I'm starting a new boot camp. I'm a personal trainer. I work with busy moms. Would you like to have a free week and bring a friend along? And I didn't get slapped in the face. No one threw water on me. No one blew a rape whistle. They were just like, oh, thanks so much. That's really cool. I'll give you a call. Right? It's this amazing thing called talking to people. And so, yeah, you want to get out there with organic um to supplement, let your Facebook ads run, but then get out there in, in, in take two to three hours a day. Uh, and, 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 um, the best way is really it's, it's tapping into other people's audiences. 
So organic yourself. I think you you want to be posting on social media at least ten times a day. You want to be putting content out there, sharing the success stories and all that stuff. But really, the most effective way is collaborating with other people. So get out there and, and find the businesses that that your target audience is also working with. The easy way to think about this is go through the average day of your of your ideal customer and think where's their credit card being swiped. Where's all the where's ten places that they're they're using their credit card? So if you know your 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 ideal person is a busy mum of two who's about thirty five to forty years of age, she's a career professional uh, earning you know sixty k a year or more, then you know right she's living in probably this neighborhood. She's probably driving a Mercedes, a BMW, or a Lexus. She's probably going to specific restaurants in town, not McDonald's, yeah. but you know, DiMarco's Pizzeria, right? The, the, the expensive places. You'll know where she's going on holiday, what travel agents they're using. You'll know um, what what magazines she subscribed to. You'll know maybe what private what private schools their kids are going to. You'll know what coffee shops they're going to, what clothing brands in the mall, you know, um, perfume shops. And if you can track down, you know, schools their kids go to, right? And And if you can then... Um, and if you've got four or five clients already that match this ideal description, print out a questionnaire, call it a superstar questionnaire, give it to your clients, say, hey, I'd love to get warm introductions to the people that serve other people like you because you're such an amazing client. I just want a hundred of you, right? Can you help me do that? That would be absolutely fantastic. So who's your hairdresser? Like, where do your kids go to school? Where do you work? Do you know anybody in the media? Do you know anybody that works for local charities? Do you know any local influencers that you could just connect me with on Facebook right now? Right? And they go, yeah, talk to Susie, my hair sal- my hairdresser. She runs the biggest salon in town. Da-da-da-da-da. Cool. Yep. Yep. Hey, Susie, I'm here with Jill, my client. She says you're the bomb. I should talk to you and we should help each other out. I, I, work, I serve affluent, busy women. Let's, let's do something together. And boom, there you go. You've got connections coming out of your ass. And so it's getting out there, networking, making win-win deals for other businesses, um, support charities in your area, go and support schools, sports clubs, um, complimentary businesses. And if you just get out there uh, and see how you can bring value to them, then they're going to start systematically sending leads back to you. And before you know it, you'll have 5, 10, 15 leads a day inquiring outside your Facebook ads. And then you're going to feel, well, your butthole isn't going to feel as tight anymore because it's like, <laughs> wow. So if my Facebook ads went down, we'd kind of still be okay. Yep. That's yep. what you want to do. It's, it's, it's really as simple as that. And it, I mean, and it makes, it's, it's not complicated. And I think, and, and like you just said, list 10 different places or things or magazines 10 other things that your ideal client is doing aside from just coming to your facility and that becomes what you work on every single day, every single week, every single month, making sure you're making those connections and those relationships. And then it's the culture, right? I I wanted to talk about culture because now, Mike, for you, as you look into the next 10 years and 2020, how does how big of a role does culture and community start playing in the success of the gym moving forward? Huge. And I, I think we're all seeing that, but we're not, 
because a lot of fit pros pride themselves on the community they've created but i think we're not looking at community in a big enough way community needs to meet needs to mean not your gym it needs to mean your town mm. your city you see um you know like the like uh like a solopreneur really he thinks the market is is like the, the prospect in front of him he thinks he thinks that the client is his business the business owner, the gym owner, thinks that the gym is is their business. The true entrepreneur sees the whole town as his business or her business. To me, like everyone is a prospect. I can give my business is like a beacon of light in the community. That's what we our goal is that if we told the the the, the council or government that we're in that we're moving town, they would beg us to stay in the state because we bring so much value to the health and the economy of their town. They should not want us. Imagine if Amazon uh, said, or Starbucks said, hey, we're moving head office out of Seattle. Seattle state would oh. be like, hey guys, like, you know, let's let's reconsider, right? If, if you're not making that kind of impression in your town, you've got, you've got a hell of a lot of work to do. So my clients now in the States and the UK, they're connect through this work we're doing um, and having creating a bigger vision for their town, city, region, state, province, um, and realizing what an impact they can actually make by raising awareness of the health, the mental, physical, emotional health issues people are dealing with. They're now getting, they're getting, they're, they're securing meetings with mayors to learn about their initiatives and what they can do to help the town. Um, they're, they're getting invites and we're getting, we're, we're doing collaborations with banks, with Coca-Cola, um, huge car dealerships like Renault, um, in Europe, because we're offering, um, health and well-being to the to their workplace to the corporate people wow right um and so we can extend our version of community to we care about the population of the city that we're in and um this is this is a lesson from from howard schultz from starbucks because he was always asking himself what can we're a coffee company but what can we do for our country and that's when they start the initiative then to serve um veterans and donate twenty five thousand dollars of coffee to veterans and then they had initiative to employ 10,000 ex-servicemen to give them, you know, a, like a new chance at civilian life. And then they started going and moving into like, um, you know, into into um, helping homeless people. Stuff that like literally has no direct kickback for the company. But Howard Schultz saw every Starbucks in a town as being a citizen entity in that town. Wow. And so if Starbucks was a person in this town, what would Starbucks do about that situation affecting the town? Would we sit back and what let homeless people be on the street? Or if Starbucks was a, was a civilian, would we do something about it? And he believes a business should have the same responsibility as a civilian in an area. And of course, because a business contains a few hundred civilians. And so together, you make a very powerful impact on the community. So we need to see community as being a bigger thing that extends beyond just I'm a PT with a gym who gives yeah. a fuck, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we create vision manifestos. We send it off to the local governments. We send it to charities. We're like, Hey, these are the stats of the areas we're in. Um, these are the health. This is how bad the physical health is, the mental health. We start partnering with other charities and organizations who complement us. So we're partnering with like mental health organizations. And saying, hey, you guys are doing a great job raising awareness for mental health, which all leads back to confidence and happiness. Um, we we offer the physical health part too, so maybe we can collaborate. 
And they're like, boom, of course, that's amazing. Thank you so much, right? So it's raising, it's doing fundraisers, um, getting out there in the community, helping other businesses, um, being, you've got to become literally a leader, uh, be, be a local community leader and step up and do something for your town because that's why your business is there. You never know the, when the day might come when you're trying to get a location secured and you need some, some, uh, you know, some government planning put through quick or maybe you need a tax break on something those connections are going to come in useful for you if you're someone who's actually doing something for the area and giving and talking about giving jobs and and all this stuff as well so that's when you start thinking bigger and and again you've got to be inspired to move into that though you've got to you've got to put aside that you know I'm in this to to get a Rolex for myself or to impress people with a sports car you've got to get past that point first before all this actually opens up to you I think no, I think I think it's uh, it, it makes you you think on such a different level, right? And your mindset starts thinking globally, local, you know, locally, and then eventually globally. But as you guys are listening to this, and this is why I asked Justin to be on the show, is he he doesn't think the thinking now becomes no longer the solopreneur, but the entrepreneur. And some of you might be watching this thinking, "Holy shit, I am so overwhelmed right now." Because you've just realized there is more to this than just showing up, training clients, and going home. You have an ama- we, you know, you we have an amazing mentorship program. Can you talk about that a little bit so that someone listening is like, man, I need help with all this because I don't want to get stuck in twenty twenty being the gym that gets acquired. Where can you talk about the mentorship program? Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, I think we have a very um, high level mentorship. It's, you know, we believe in um, we believe in in one to one mentorship and live community. So there's so much on the market that's like they throw you into like a group webinar thing with a Facebook group for nine thousand dollars. And it doesn't really help people um, because other, other people teach marketing stuff and then leave you in the lurch. So what we want to do is we've created a program that's really designed for those entrepreneurs who are at that five to 10K a month mark or a bit higher, low six figures, and they want to go to high six or even seven figures. They, they know you, they, if you know you've got something, if you know you've got a great service that needs to be packaged, systemized, and then scaled um, first to a team and then maybe to multiple locations, then, then really, this is what we 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 really assist you with, and it's it's a one year program, because guess what? We can't teach you business in ninety days. There's no sixty day sprint. There's none of that nonsense. We can build a funnel in a week, but to build a business is going to take some time, and there's going to be a lot of new skills to learn. So it's not easy either, and that's why we have the one to one element to help you there. So we give you access to the modules first of all. It's a full business blueprint education, um, fully broken down like a college level kind of course, basically, um, through the six core modules, which you need to learn to be a business owner, an entrepreneur in fitness in 2020 and beyond. We're going to go through number one is going to be getting your mindset right, exploring solopreneur, entrepreneur, um, where you might be on that level and steps you can take to move to the next level. Because when you shift that mindset, of course, all your actions are going to change after that. Then we look at your vision, core values, and culture. We look at what's the big, now you're thinking bigger. What is the big, and we help you crystallize. What is the vision you want to create? What is the impact you want to make in your town? 
Um, what is your bigger, larger than life message that your business can grow into one day? And you've got to start there and that will attract all the help and resources you need. Um, then, then module three, we move into systems and finance management. So now we start making the idealistic practical and we start, so we reverse engineer this vision and say, right, what's our business plan going to be? What are our financial budgets going to be? What are the key systems I've got to create first? Right. Um, what are my financial projections going to be over the next year? We have you think we have you map out one year ahead and say, right. So, you know, how many clients each month am I going to get? What are my costs, my projected costs going to be? What are my revenues going to be? What's my profit going to be? When am I going to be able to hire someone? Right. And, and know when you're going to have to pay for these things. So you're no longer reacting day to day in business, but you have a visualized plan of exactly what's going to happen and when. Module four then, now you've got the systems and everything and the plan in place. Module four is about building and leading a team. So now we can start looking at, you know, what, what's a good system to hire people, who should you look for, how to work out compensation, how to onboard them, how to progress them, how to be a team leader, how to hold team meetings, everything systemized and, and dialed in for you. Module five after that then is the marketing and sales. Now we've got the whole plan and the people ready to be in place. We throw we we throw uh, fire onto the onto the oil basically, and we look at all the types of leads that, that Carl had mentioned. There's three types of leads, and you have to be mastering paid lead generation, which includes Facebook, but not just Facebook. We teach you. We'll have you doing Google ads, YouTube ads, Instagram ads, um, print adverts. So you want multiple paid streams. Eventually, you can build up to those all the organic lead systems and content marketing, and then all the partnership um, strategies you can do to how we do fundraisers, how we get into local media, how we get salon owners and, and schools helping us. And then the sixth and final module is about scaling sustainably. So most of your work is in modules one to five. Once you've got that first system, the prototype working like crazy, then module six is about how do we scale? How do we find investors? Do you want a license franchise? Um, what are your projections for growth? How do you manage growth in a safe, sustainable and profitable way? And don't trip up over your feet as you try and run too fast, basically. And, and that's the core modules. This takes you know, this will take a good year to really get to grips with and learn everything. Um, and that's why during this time, we're going to be having one to one sessions with you twice every single month. So you'll check in with your mentor, myself or Khaled, um, every other week. And we're going to be putting you through the implementation checklist. It's not a coaching call. We get on the line and we say, you know, how are you feeling today? Because how you're feeling doesn't really fucking matter. It's what have you done since last time is actually what's important. Here's the implementation checklist. You know, have you got your vision in place? Have you got your values? Have you built these systems? Have you hired these people? Have you started running these ads? And we're going to have you on your individual checklist and we're holding you accountable. So by the time the next call comes around, you better have implemented three or four things and be ready to move on to the next thing. Otherwise, we're going to tell you the exact same thing. Yep. Go back and do what you should have done up till now. And if there's a mindset block, we'll work on that with you. Right. But that's pretty much it. And so you have guided accountability for one year. Just imagine how much your business would take off when someone is telling you, showing you exactly what needs to be done, holding you accountable and giving you all the tools, systems, swipe files 
taken from our own successful gyms that we're doing right now, we share with you. People have said there's more value in our mentorship from the tools and swipe files than they've been given when they've invested into franchises. Wow. Right? Because we just share everything transparently. Yeah. Like, hey, you yeah. want our financial tracker? It's on, a, it's on a Google Doc. Here it is. You want our Facebook ad swipe files? Here you go. You want this? Here you go. Our interview questions for new recruits? Here you go. Right? It's it, We just give it all to you. Right? Because um, we know that structure alone isn't what makes the business. You've got to have the culture, leadership, and mindset to go and make it work and go through the adversity of learning new things. But with our help, um, you know, it took me, you know, seven, eight years to get to this point. Um, but, you know, with mentoring, like with James, my business partner, you know, he's now, he set up uh, 18 months ago, his first gym. Now he's on location number three, and we've got three more planned next year. That's awesome. And, you know, he's a great guy and a great entrepreneur, but because of the mentoring and helping him get things right the first time, he's shaved a decade of his growth. Wow. And he's only, he's 26 years of age or 27 now. Right. So, um, by 30, you know, he's going to have 10 gyms. Right. Wow. And I, and you know, if it was me and if I didn't get mentoring help, well, if I didn't have mentors, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have probably, I would have zero gyms right now. <laughs> I'd be in a nine to five job somewhere. So we sure. all know coaching and mentoring is the number one key. You tell your clients that, but who's your business coach? Who's your success coach? If you don't have one, Maybe that's the reason you're struggling with your own clients. Maybe there's a lack of integrity there somewhere. So you gotta, you gotta have a look at that. For sure. And where can someone go to find out more information about the mentorship? Um, what's the website? Um, so the best place to go right now is, um, you know, first thing I would say is if you actually want to find out more about it, reach out to one of us privately, and we'll ask a couple of questions. But um, the best thing to do is go to our business diagnostic right now, and it's a free online test which will quickly evaluate your business according to each of our modules. So we'll ask a few questions on there. Uh, it's all done online. You're not going to talk to anyone. And um, in, in about two minutes, you'll get um, a, a custom um, prescription that's going to tell you exactly what your sticking point probably is and then offer some solutions and steps where you can work with us to get help on that specific part of business. So that's probably the best thing. To, and you can go there at uh, www.fbbmentor.com. Perfect. That's I'll make sure to link all that up as well in the in the notes so that anyone that wants to go over there, you'll have the link for you. Justin, I got I got one last question for you, man. I, and I ask every guest that comes on the show, and I call it your rise up moment. And uh, what that is is – and there, there could be many moments in, in your life, but – was there one or two moments that because you took action on that moment has led you to the journey that you're on right now or the success you've had up till today? Like what was that rise up moment or moments for you? It was actually as, as um, just going off the last point, it was actually me getting my first uh, mentor with uh, Chris McCombs. Yeah. Um, I was down to my, my last, you know, 700 bucks um, to get onto a mastermind um, coaching with him in California uh, and after paying, you know, I paid my last bit of money to, to start a payment plan for the mastermind and then flight tickets. I hopped on a plane to California, 7,000 miles. My friends all thought I was crazy. They thought it was a scam. You know, it's like, who's this guy in America? Um, you know, I literally was on the plane. I got to got to San Diego. I still didn't ha didn't even have a have a place to stay in. 
I was waiting for money to come to my bank account so that I'd actually be able to go and get it. But I was like, I'll sleep on a beach. I don't give a, I don't give a crap. Um, I'm getting to that Hilton Hotel for the mastermind and, and then, you know, paying that investment, being held accountable. Um, and then, you know, him and Sam Bakhtiar took care of me and told me what to go and do. Um, and, and that's what really opened my eyes and set me off on a whole new channel then. So it's getting, it's, it's, it's simple guys. It's getting the same thing that helps your clients get to you. They finally get a mentor or a trainer who just tells them this is what to do. That for me it changed everything. I love it. I love it. Justin, where can someone get a hold of you? More information about you? Where do you where do you hang out? You can find me on social on socials. You can go to, to search my name on Facebook or Instagram. Um, if you want to reach out personally on my WhatsApp number, it's my personal Sal. Um, just go to WhatsApp and add me on 00357-9680-6626. Um, I get a ton of messages, so be might be a bit of a backlog getting back to you but i'll get back i'll answer every com every question as fast as i can but that's my personal number that's my cell right here um shoot me a message if you want to chat no problem i love it i love it well hey thank you again for coming on i know it's late in the day for you but i appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today awesome man it's awesome as usual and i'll be seeing you uh for the rise event soon yeah Yes, sir. February uh, 27th through the 29th here in Dallas. So I can't Enjoy. wait, man. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, February, yes. It's going to, I'm excited, man. I got to, we got some huge announcements of speakers, um, you know, putting all that together right now. So, guys, thank you for joining us again. And I will see you actually on Friday for, I got three episodes this week. So, Friday, we'll be back with another episode of Rise Up the Show. Take care, guys. Hey again, podcast listeners, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, check out if you want to engage, drop me your questions, then shoot me a message on WhatsApp. Add me right there on 00357-9680-6626. That's my WhatsApp. Shoot me a message. And myself and Khaled will be in Dallas, Texas on uh, in February 2020. Uh find out more information about that by shooting us a message and thanks again for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this hope you got some good value out of it please share it on with someone else that could use this information drop us a comment it'll really help us out and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and on youtube thanks again see you soon